listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. We'd like to welcome Aidan Connolly to this episode of Dairy Voice. He's speaking to us from his company headquarters in Dublin, Ireland, and we're delighted to have him with us uh, to talk about the topic of new technologies coming to agriculture and to dairy. Aidan, welcome to Dairy Voice, and we're, we're delighted that you could join us for a few minutes. Yeah, honored to be on the, on the show, so looking forward to it. Well, thank you. Uh, why don't we begin by uh, asking you to introduce yourself a little bit to our audience. You've got an extensive business background, but, but tell us about it. Sure. Well, I uh, grew up, as you can tell from my accent, in Ireland and then had the opportunity through, uh, through agriculture and joining a company called Alltech, uh, the Lexington, Kentucky, to travel the world. They were involved in nutritional supplements, uh, natural nutritional supplements for animals, specifically for dairy cows. And that journey took me to live in France, in Brazil, in Italy, uh, spent a lot of time in China, indeed uh, traveled to over 100 countries in my career with them, which spanned over 25 years. And and then made the decision momentously at Thanksgiving last year to leave. Started my own company called Agritech Capital, advising and investing in startups, working with larger companies, helping them to understand new technology. And then became the CEO of Caintus, as you mentioned. Caintus uh, is out of Ireland, so that was easier for me. But in fact, I spend um, about half my time out of North Carolina at this stage. But Caintus is involved in facial and visual recognition systems for animals. Thank you for that. And uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about Cantus as this conversation goes on. But let, let's start with a, the bigger picture. You and some of your colleagues are on record, both in uh, articles and at meetings, talking about the what you might call the fourth revolution in agriculture, the digitization of agriculture and particularly dairy. Talk a little bit about how you folks see that and what some of the implications might be. Yes, I think that um, sometimes I, I, I know that we all get quite passionate about defending what food is and where it comes from and how we produce it. But I think sometimes we forget how recently in the history of mankind we've actually been producing food. It's um, We've only been producing food on this planet for about through farming for about 10,000 years. Dairy cows, uh, dairy production has obviously been even more recent than that, probably around 8,000 years. Yet we've been on earth for nearly a million. From that perspective, you know, you know, farming has been enabling this planet to form villages and towns, cities. It allows people to become painters and musicians and, of course, inventors. And those inventions are the things we talk about when we think about the internet, when we think about digital phones, when we think about TV, when we think about just about every type of innovation that we have. It all fundamentally comes down to the fact that farmers were able to produce food, store food, and from that we generated civilization, you know, the, the ability to, to live in cities and towns. And, and do something other than farming. So within that first revolution and the subsequent revolutions that took place, as we saw the Green Revolution, for example, we're absolutely at the next point in our development in agriculture. And that all revolves around digitization, the collection of information from the farms in real time, and then being able to interpret that information and to make decisions. So it's an extremely exciting time to be involved in food production, to be involved in agriculture, uh, albeit that we really, we have been uh, at the the center of everything that's happened in civilization so far. In dairy particularly, we've had lots of data for a long time of the various agricultural enterprises. Uh, dairy certainly is at the high end of data coming to bear on, on management. Uh, certainly, we think of the, the DHI system as, as fundamental. How do you see the, this fourth revolution uh, impacting dairy? 
You know, dairy is definitely very advanced. I think um, I think in particular, you sometimes get the, our, our chicken friends uh, claiming that, <laughs> that their um, systems are much more accurate than dairy. But in dairy, we do deal, we do have two or three times a day a, a warning sign telling us whether we're doing a good job or a bad, bad job. And that, of course, is our milk production information. So as soon as that cow is milked, you know whether she's sick, you know whether she's got fever, you know whether she's off her feed, you know whether the feed, the nutrition is working or not. And that feedback loop is very practical. The reality, however, is that still an awful lot of things we don't know. We don't actually know specifically in group housed uh, situations. We don't know how much a cow eats on a daily basis. We don't know much she drinks on a daily basis. We don't know in real time, as in hours or, 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 or minutes later when things have changed. We're still relatively inaccurate in terms of our insemination processes. You know, most cases it takes three three uh, straws to, to get a cow pregnant. We relatively uh, recognize when we are seeing the development of mastitis through somatic cell counts, but that's not often until already we have a problem. Lameness is recognized, can be recognized through various ways, but again, we tend to recognize it when we get to the clinical stage and not we're not able to recognize it at the subclinical level. The amount of things that we could improve in dairy if we had not just more accurate information, more accurate data, but if we had the ability through these programs, what they call algorithms, to interpret that information in real time, that that's the thing that's getting everybody excited. That's the thing that's going to transform dairy production. And the sad reality is, not just in the United States, but all over the world, people are not milking cows. It's not as easy to find people who get excited about the idea of milking cows as it was in the past. So we're dealing with labor issues, not just quantity of labor, not just cost of labor, but also quality of labor, that really good dairymen, really good herdsmen who recognize the warning signs early, um, those are hard to find. So all of these things we're thinking about sensors, robots, cameras, um, the ability to teach people through virtual reality or augmented reality. All of these technologies are extremely exciting because although we have been doing a fantastic job, the data gaps that we face is still huge. Cantus comes to the market in 2020 with a new vision for animals, farmers, and food production. Our world-changing technology combines computer vision and artificial intelligence to watch over your business 24-7, alerting you when it matters most. We help you make data-driven decisions to improve your dairy operation and animal health, positively impacting productivity and profitability. Cantus is keeping an eye on your farm and an eye on your future. To learn more about us, log on to Cantus.com today. And we're back. Coming through the, the, the recent lean years in dairy, one of the comments that we hear sometimes from producers is, uh, gee, we know there's lots of technology out there, but our margins just don't allow us to, to uh, invest in it or take advantage of it, both in terms of, of your technology, but also more generally, new technology for dairy. How can our industry find the, the available dollars to invest in this technology and, and actually apply it? Of course, that's a really good question. And I can't tell you that there's an easy answer to it because there, there clearly isn't. Unfortunately, the reality is that these technologies will differentiate. They will separate the men from the boys. They'll separate the, the producers that stay in business from the ones that don't. Frankly, in my travels around the world, and specifically in the United States, I find that good dairy, dairy producers, good dairy farms 
even in hard times, continue to invest in technologies they think will give them the edge. I know how difficult that is. I've seen it. You know, if you're losing money, if you're having challenges in terms of uh, your profitability, to turn around and invest in a new technology that maybe is at the initial stages, maybe you're meeting people, particularly in this digital space, who, who really don't frankly understand much about dairy production. And so you're having to train them and help them as you move along. So I, I think what I've advised people to do is think about yourself as being a partner of the startups that come through your through your farm gate find ways to help them hopefully that means they help you you're not just part of the innovation process with them but hopefully they allow you to uh, gain access to those innovations at a, at a lower cost but i think the option of saying we want to be second or we want to be third we want to be what's sometimes called a fast follower we want to be we want somebody else to be the pioneers of technology and we want to come in later i think that's not an option and, and even at a global scale when i see the ways in which the chinese dairy farms are developing and clearly they've got 5,000, 6,000 cow units. Some of them got a million cows. Um, when I see what they're doing in Saudi Arabia, when I see what they're doing in other countries that are very strong competitors on the global marketplace for milk production, they're all embracing technologies and they see the speed of embracing technologies is, the, is going to separate those that survive from those who, who fail in terms of dairy production. I don't think that's going to be any different in the United States. People who are first to technology are the ones who eventually will make more money and stay in business longer. I think that's a fascinating thought in terms of partnering with some of these uh, new technology uh, sources, which in effect brings new money onto the dairy farm, new investment besides just the farmer's revenue from his from his own operation. That's that's fascinating. Absolutely, but but you 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 know also that better dairy producers they have deeper pockets, they have prepared for for um, for tougher times. Many of them are diversified, particularly I've seen in California. You've got your your dairy producers that got an almond grove at the same time. Um, maybe they're making money in one business and not in another, but they, they allow one to subsidize the other. What's clear, I've had this discussion with producers, when they're telling me about tough times, I say, but guys, you've seen this movie before. So if you've been in business for, for 20 years or 30 years, how many times have you seen the movie? And they say, what movie are you talking about? I said, well, the movie where there's a dip in the price of milk and the smaller producers get driven out and the inefficient guys have to close their gates and the larger ones who are better and have deeper pockets and are prepared for tougher times have got the cash to buy their neighbors out and they, they build and they grow and when, when better times come again, they thrive. And, and typically, if you've been in business for, for so many years, you know you will have seen that cycle every, what would it be, every five to seven years. So you've got to see the movie several times and your dad and grand, grandfather before you probably have seen it even more. So it's, um, it, it's something I generally... I, I genuinely think uh, pr prices can be a reason for not embracing technology, but you have to look longer term than that. And there is an awful lot of stuff out there that is going to be transformational in terms of what we do on the farm. I don't mean to uh, overemphasize herd sizes here, but let's talk a little bit about, just for a moment, this is a bit of a digression, but in your home country, in Ireland, we understand that tend to be somewhat smaller herds and pasture-based, whereas in the U.S. and some of the other countries you mentioned, it's confinement and, and, and somewhat larger scale dairying. Do you see technologies coming to the fore that will be applicable and useful for the, for the pasture-based or the smaller-sized herd, as well as the more conventional freestyle-based large-scale unit? 
No question technologies are out there that help to make the pasture-based systems more efficient, but we have to face a reality, which is that larger farms tend to produce milk more cheaply, uh, more efficiently. They have a lower environmental impact, so they've got a lower environmental footprint, and that's not readily perceived by groups like uh, the United Nations FAO group, but that's the reality. Uh, Carbon gases that we get criticized for or get questioned about are at a much higher level on a farm with two cows than on a farm with 200 cows. And clearly, if you can get to 2,000 cows, then it gets even better again. I think the there's an inevitable, inexorable move towards larger and larger farms. And we see that everywhere in the world, not just in the United States. U.S., remember, still has an average herd size of less than 200 cows. So there, there's still progress to be made uh, in the U.S. as well. Um, in Ireland, and in, in the time that I've been in business, which is nearly 28 years or 29 years at this stage, um, I remember visiting farms where the average herd size was less than 15. And now, the average herd size is over over 75 and it's still not going to be big enough to survive in the future. I think technology will help the smaller producers stay in business longer. It certainly will help uh, manage uh, to address some of those consumer concerns and make the make the business more profitable. But longer term, we are w- without subsidies. Uh, these smaller farms won't stay in business. And I, I know Europe has a different approach to this than the rest of the world. And I'm, I'm not going to you know get into the politics of whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But clearly, um, for the rest of the world, we are moving towards these larger herds. And those larger herds certainly will have north of a thousand or I feel north of 2,000 cows per herd because that's going to address more of the concerns that we see, both from a profitability and sustainability perspective. Certainly can't disagree. Well, let's let's shift gears here a little bit and talk about particularly the technology that uh, your firm is involved with and talk about the firm and then let's talk about the, the technology. It's, it's pretty fascinating. Absolutely. Uh, I guess every time we hear the the phrase AI, we get very excited because we think we're talking about artificial insemination. <laughs> but in the rest of uh, the rest of the industries, and indeed coming now to to the dairy industry, AI stands for artificial intelligence, and it is the ability to take data from different sources, which could be cameras or could be sensors. In, in the case of Cantus, clearly it's cameras to digitize that the, those images, so that you take the images and create data with it. And then use AI systems to interpret that information to make decisions about how to manage your cows. The big advantage of it is it is replicating what humans see and what humans uh, interpret when they see information. So it's a little bit like, um, I guess, when dairy farm uh, dairy farm manager, he or she comes to take over the farm, they usually rely upon the, the information that they've learned at school, but also what they've learned from the other people on the farm, particularly from their parents and from their grandparents. In this case, we are, in effect, replacing that farmer's eye, that ability to look at a cow and know when the cow is not doing well, uh, when it's unthrifty, when maybe she's having challenges that are going to lead to either health issues or lower milk production issues, replacing that EYE, that eye, with the AI of artificial intelligence. And so this is a very, very, very exciting technology. It allows, by using relatively simple security cameras positioned in the barn, it allows us to watch the cows 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year. It allows us to Uh, see things that without the biases or without the misinterpretation that sometimes occurs in well, when, when humans are looking at cows. So there's just an awful lot of excitement around the area of being able to collect this information continuously to be able to interpret it and obviously therefore to be able to manage our cows better. 
the digital information uh, derived from the cameras obviously can be transmitted with an actionable opportunity to your computer or even to your mobile device. Is that the case? That's the case. And, and, and clearly, we have spent an awful lot of time thinking about how to make this into something that's usable. You know, if the, if the insights are there, but if it's not usable at farm level, then it's worthless. So we spend a lot of time with uh, 15 producers, uh, particularly in the California area, and showing them as the information comes from, from these camera sensors, as it comes up on their screen, we say, is this relevant to you? Do you understand what this means? How would you act differently? How would would you make your farm more profitable? And um, that approach is, which is almost like the reverse of instead of coming with the information and trying to shape it to them, we've been asking them to tell us what they want to see on the screen and working backwards to, to collect the information that's relevant to the questions they're asking. That, that's been really insightful. And I think it's, it's, I know it's best practice in other industries. It hasn't been much used in dairy production. Quite often there's a you know, builders and they will come type of approach, a little bit like the movie. Um, here's a technology. I'm sure producers are going to really enjoy it. We've actually said to the producers, here's the type of information we could generate. Could you use this? Is this relevant? And that's been, a, that's, that's been the approach we've taken. And so far, it's really worked for us. Again, it's management by exception, I suppose, where your technology identifies and in some cases anticipates health or locomotion or nutritional deficiencies that uh, even before a skilled herdsman might, might be able to spot that. Is that the case? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, some, some of the times when you're trying to remind yourself, retrain yourself as to what happens on a farm. And I, I was on a farm recently through two, two three other uh, colleagues who, who basically came from college where they studied how to program. So we were, we were in, our, in, our, uh, in our coats and our, 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 our boots and we were watching cows walk around the barn. And so between us, we, were to, we decided to rate how many cows were developing lameness and how many cows were lame. And we estimated that pretty much every cow on the farm was and we asked the herdsman what he thought and he didn't see any of it that that's purely a time problem we are under such pressure on our farms today to get the cows fed to remove the feed to make sure that the bunks are clean to make sure that we're you know the scrapers are working to make sure the cows are getting to the milkers to making sure that the water is clean it's, so, so all these things are now so, so busy that we don't have the time anymore to observe our cows the ability to use a camera to do that Maybe this is something that ten, well, let's say eight thousand years ago, when we first started, to, first started to, to produce milk. Maybe we, maybe our ancestors had the time to watch their cows carefully, but nobody can watch a cow twenty-four hours a day. Nobody can watch. Certainly, when you start talking about larger groups of animals, it's very hard to pick out individual animals and to, to have that time to really just to, to just stand and observe, which is what we were doing in our training. So, so cameras will allow us to do that. They allow us to take information continuously and in real time, recognize what we're seeing and make decisions about how to manage at an individual animal ba basis uh, for those problems. That sounds exciting. And, and the development work has been ongoing, but you're getting ready to, uh, as we might say, come to market. We understand you'll be active at the World Ag Expo in February, mid-February in California. In fact, your technology has been identified by the show as one of the top 10 new products. Talk just for a moment about World Ag Expo and, and how you're going to be uh, communicating with producers there. So it's, it's always very exciting to, to be recognized in that way and to win an award. 
and we're very clear that this is uh, this is a big deal for us. It's a big moment for us. We, we have had this technology and we have um, been planning this day for quite a while, but um, in actual fact, we've had several generations of developing uh, the technology and and the, the first two opportunities we've had to 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 do this we've always found that we're generating quantities of information which are actually quite difficult to analyze at farm level you physically would have to have a large server on the farm you physically have to have connectivity to the cloud etc so the real innovation behind what we've done particularly in the last nine months has been to take all of those insights to strip them down into something which is very usable at farm level to remove the need for a lot of hardware to remove the need for continuous uh, connection to the cloud and as you've described already to give producers something on their telephone or on their computer screen something that they can that they can work with immediately and make decisions either within minutes or you know if they choose to uh, on a daily basis so I've had when I set up AgriTech Capital I had the opportunity to effectively kick the tires with lots of tech companies. And what excites me about what Cantus has done is, uh, firstly, clearly the fact the founders of Cantus, when I came in, they understood farming. And that was a that was a big, big, big thing for me because many of the startups I've met did not. But also the willingness to say, that's the technology maybe that wins a Nobel Prize, but we actually need a technology that works on farm. And it's very practical, that's very robust and very scalable. I think when we presented it to the committee, they were very excited by the idea that we had a technology that wasn't just something that could work in the university, but it's going to be very practical at, at, at farm level and going to help producers be, you know, achieve that profitability that we've talked about before. Well, it does sound exciting. We had a chance to see some of the earlier work being done at one of the herds in California, and uh, it, it's fun to see it come to uh, fruition, at least round one of fruition. Yeah, it, it, it is round one because you uh, once you have cameras such as the ones we have and you are generating insights, these cameras can observe the cows in every corner of the barn at every moment. And it's just a question of setting your, setting your programmers uh, loose on deciding what it is you want to understand next. This is the piece of where once the platform's in place, I'm very, very uh, clear that this is going to generate information that's going to change the way we feed animals the way we uh, provide water to them, the way we manage animals, the way we milk animals, and genetic selection of dairy cows. Maybe, as, as Steve Maddox has said to me on several occasions, maybe we're going to be start selecting cows not necessarily based on, or only based on them producing the most milk, but being the most efficient producers, having the best animal, having the best health, having the best fertility. You know, we're start, going to start introducing classes of information that we've never had to consider before, and that's certainly going to be exciting. Even again, when we get back to the issues of sustainability and what consumers want to hear about, we're going to have information to provide answers to questions that we never were able to do before. It does indeed sound exciting. Our time is uh, winding up here, so we'll finish up. Uh, Any other uh, parting thought that you might share with us, Aidan? Looking forward to seeing everybody in California. It's um, going to be very exciting. We obviously have a booth there to be one of the top 10 new products we think should attract a lot of attention. And we just, you know, we're going to embrace that opportunity. We're going to look for as much feedback as we can. Uh, we'll take any any comments, positive and negatively, uh, as part of our process. But um, we're looking to partner with as many pioneers as we can find in the dairy business. And I know we'll say everybody's a pioneer and you're absolutely right. Right, but the people who want to come with us, this is going to be an exciting journey, and and I'm really looking forward to it. And I think um, I think being at the World Ag Expo is exactly the right place for us at this point in our in our development. 
Well, we look forward to seeing you there. Uh, we've been speaking today with Aidan Connolly of Cantus. His new technology will be uh, available at World Ag Expo and I'm sure at other events as the as the year goes on. Uh, Aidan, thank you for joining us. We appreciate your time. This is Joel Hastings speaking for Dairy Voice on dairybusiness.com.